When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We started off with 16 teams, and now we're down to two. Welcome to another edition of THN on the Q, brought to you by BetMGM. I'm Will McLaren. He's Jamie Tozer, and we are about to embark on the inaugural Gilles Corto Trophy Final, um, part of which is going to happen in uh, my backyard anyway, in Halifax, yeah. uh, and uh, of course the Quebec Grand Park, the other uh, team involved, uh, number one versus number two overall in the league this year. And, you know, as we all predicted, Jamie, an all Eastern Conference showdown oh, yeah. here in the final. Yep. Well, it's kind of funny because, like, I don't know if I don't know if I saw anybody predict this final. I'm sure somebody did. Um, but it's funny yeah. because they're 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 the one and two seeds. And I, don't, I, I feel like almost nobody picked these two to make it all the way to the final. So it's um, a little odd. But uh, yeah, yeah, certainly, certainly it proved feel worthy. Wrong, of but it. it's yeah. <laughs> it doesn't feel wrong, but it's certainly made everybody look. Oh yeah, wrong. Yep. yeah. But um, and I wonder if part of that's just the fact. I know a lot of people said with Halifax, it was the division they were playing in. You know, they were runaway favorites in the Maritime yep. Division. Um, Quebec, you know, the East Division was not exactly the most competitive either. So. You know, maybe that had something to do with it, kind of blinded us. But in two teams that didn't load up a ton, they loaded up, but not. I would. I don't know if I'd say they loaded up to the extent that maybe Gatineau and Sherbrooke did either. Um, and I would. Yeah. And Halifax is a little bit on the younger side compared to the other three teams as well. So I think that maybe played a factor as well. Yeah, I know a lot of people thought uh, at the time of the trade deadline, it was almost kind of a case with Halifax that, you know, that yes, they were going to load. Up a bit, and you know they brought in Josh Lawrence, they brought in Alex Doucette, but it was almost more just to bolster the roster this year without sacrificing too much for next year. And you know, I think a lot of people just thought of from standpoint of well, you know what, it's well, it's it's um, it's valuable playoff experience this year. Mm -hmm. Let's just see how far they go. And well, it turns out that they're going all the way to the final. And uh, I can honestly say, and I'm. And I'll admit I, I was not one of them. I had Sherbrooke and Gatineau being the two teams left standing, but yep. uh, uh, I don't think in any uh, scenario did I uh, would I have predicted the Mooseheads to be here. Which again, as you said, Jamie, is just odd considering they had 107 points, 50 wins, but it was just one of those years. There was there was the big four, and it was kind of pick your side, and I think most people just pick the other side. Yeah, and you know when Gatineau got eliminated, I saw a lot of Gatineau fans were were quite upset. Um, and you know, I was kind of thinking about that, and I I don't know if you can really classify it as a disappointment or not, not making the final because like two of the fan bases of the final four were not going to make the final. Um, yeah. And I feel like two, maybe not so much with Halifax compared to the other three, but I think even Halifax, if they hadn't made the final, um, you know, that's disappointment. But like, there's only two spots. You've got four excellent teams who probably could have made the final, um, but that's just the reality. Um, so 
um, an interesting situation to kind of have these four teams just absolutely load up. Um, and then, you know, whether you make the final or not, I, I don't know. Like, what like what do you think? Do you think Gatineau's season, we're going way off topic here early, uh, <laughs> is Gatineau's season? Not necessarily. Would you kind of classify it as a disappointment or, or what would you say? I think a lot of it comes from the shock value of how they lost. Yeah. Um, I think if that series with Quebec goes seven games, even six, um, that might change the perspective a little bit. Um, instead, it was a sweep, and nobody was predicting a sweep. I, yeah. like, you know, no matter, you know, and I know there were, I will say this much there were a couple of people that I've encountered um, since the beginning of the playoffs who did pick Quebec to be in this spot now, sure. which yeah. totally legit. Makes sense. They're a good team. They're a deep team. This is their second long run in a row. And this is their second straight year as the top team in the regular season. All signs pointed to them, you know, legitimately making the final. Uh, did as many people pick them as who, what would normally in in most years in that sort of situation? No, no. It was, I think a lot of people were very much um, fixated on Gatineau, especially Sherbrooke. Um, so disappointment, it's, if you are, if you have four teams in the league, Jamie, as far as I'm concerned, and any of those four could win the league any given year, that's how good these teams were, um, making it this far, uh, it's, I think it's hard to classify it as an out and out disappointment, but definitely shocking. Yeah, definitely shocking. It's going to take a little bit for for that shock to uh, subside. I mean, keep in mind the difference between these two teams, Quebec and Gatineau, in that semifinal series was seven goals. Yeah. Quebec had scored them by seven goals. Two of those games went to overtime. Um, it's yeah, it, it's I I was shocked myself, um, much like I was shocked at the Sherbrooke Phoenix losing four straight and losing three straight at home especially after I heard from some outlet, I can't remember where, <laughs> that that team had only lost one game in regulation all, all season still true. long. Still yeah. true before and those still three true. games. <laughs> yes. So, and, and I mean, they didn't have the big eyes, of course, because we're going to be, <laughs> we're going to beat that dead horse uh, uh, a little bit further this week. Um, but uh, yeah, I, like I say, I mean, at the end of the day, the two teams that I did not expect to come out of that, those series did in fact emerge from them. Um, you know, talk about Gatineau and uh, some of the finer points of how the Rampart were able to stop them, but also, you know, talk about the Halifax Moosets and a team that I think everybody was so fixated on the offense. Um, make no mistake about it. The uh, defense held their own, particularly a certain guy behind the pipes who mm-hmm. I think can no longer be classified as underrated in yeah. Mathis Russo. Well, I have written down here, um, I thought back and all, all of the things I questioned about the Halifax Mooseheads throughout the year of the show. And I wrote them all down. Uh, they doubled down on their strength during the trade deadline, which is offense. And then Josh Lawrence mm-hmm. and Alice Doucette end up being probably their two best players in that entire series. Um, mm-hmm. Lawrence, I, I don't know if there's if you could check like the record for most like percentage of face-offs taken by one player in a series, but like he's got to be up there. Just took a ridiculous amount of draws. Um, another thing I question, can they defend? Uh, yes, they can apparently. <laughs> um, and once the, and like we mentioned last week, Will, and as we saw earlier this year, um, Halifax, they just, when they have to defend really well, they can, 
And it seems like when they play a really good opponent, they're able to really step up their game um, defensively. And we, we definitely saw that um, earlier in the year when they played Quebec. And we saw that again in the series against Sherbrooke. Um, and then Russo, obviously, I questioned whether they had good enough goaltending. Russo's probably been, I think, probably been, I think he's definitely been the best goaltender in these playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then LaRue. Can LaRue control himself? And he was probably extremely effective. Probably maybe the most effective streak we've seen LaRue have um, in the queue in a long time. Um, tons of clean hits. Very much played that agitator role. Um, he was excellent. Yeah. Uh, are there any other things on your list that you were wrong about, Jamie? Uh, there's probably we, some other stuff that can we like, cap it people, off here. People will probably, <laughs> I mean, will probably tweet me in after. I mean, if you're listening, if you're if you're listening to this and you're from Halifax, you just like you're you're enjoying this. Like, oh yeah. Well, I'm sure like, like, I'm sure this was like written down on a board. I'm sure in the Mooseheads room. So you're well, like honestly, you're welcome. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, like the Mooseheads yeah. and the Mooseheads. You walk in. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> Halifax. If Halifax goes on to to win the the, uh, the league this year, there is no reason why your name should not be etched on. That I agree. Like, I agree. Absolutely, 100%. key contributor. Hundred percent for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah. And what what about this? Uh, now, what about the Dume injury? This is interesting to talk about because, like, it really seems like um, it really it really seemed like that was the turning point of the series in the way that you didn't expect. Um, I don't know if I can really recall a team completely flipping a switch because their best player got hurt um, and then continuing that success over four games. This is a a really unique situation. So, you know, just to backtrack, uh, we are recording as per usual on a Tuesday night. Uh, We recorded last week's episode last Tuesday. And at that moment, the Mooseheads were down two, nothing in the series. They had clawed their way back to score in the last Eight seconds with eight seconds left yep. in game two. Uh, lost that game in overtime. During the course of that game, lost Jordan Dume to injury. Cam Wynott was also on the shelf, still on the shelf, uh, due to injury. And they're headed to Sherbrooke, the, the team that, you know, and, and this time I actually don't bring it up to, 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 uh, for the, uh, uh, to, to make everybody laugh at Jamie. Uh, but they were the team that did lose once in regulation all season long up to that point. Yep. And during the pro during the course of that podcast, they were up one, nothing the last time we spoke about it. And they're up three, nothing by the time we got uh, through with the recording. And it's like, okay. And even at three, nothing to be honest with you, Jamie, it was still relatively early in the game. Yep. We know what Sherbrooke's like. They can score yep. in bunches, much like the Mooseheads. And they just had that heavy defensive first team that could probably staunch the bleeding and, and uh, you know, make a, a legit go of it uh, to, to come back within that game. And it never happened. And it didn't happen the next night. Mm-hmm. And then they got absolutely smoked in game five down here in Halifax. And it just kept continuing on. Yep. And one of the things that I know stood out for me was the difference – in play between when Olivier Adam was in net as that series went on versus when they find when uh, Stefan Julien finally made the move to um, uh, to St. Hilaire and um, you know everything's hindsight and at, and you kind of go with the guy that got you to where you're at in in uh, Olivier Adam but 
I think it was, I think those last two games came down to a case of they made the goaltending change, but did they make it a little bit too late? Um, and then the other side was, and you could tell towards the latter stages of game six, um, I, I think the Phoenix became a little resigned to their fate. And mm-hmm. I think Mathis Russo totally got in their head as that series yep. wore on. Yep. They, they looked rattled. And I know like they're, they're never going to admit that, but they looked like they really got, when the Mooseheads started to push back and even in like that overtime loss game two, um, they looked, they looked rattled and they, they just didn't look like they could, uh, could adjust their game well enough. Um, and I thought those, those games in Sherbrooke that they lost, they looked a little nervous. Like you could, you could, it seemed like mm-hmm. the pressure was kind of getting to them. They had some bad puck luck, but I feel like that maybe that was just a little bit of nerves too. Um, and Russo, whenever they did get a good shot, Russo was stopping them. So I'm sure that was frustrating. That's the thing with puck luck too, Jamie, you know, even when it happens against you, you you just tend to squeeze the stick a little bit tighter. Yep. I think that became pretty evident. Um, but now of course we're, we're on to the final. Um, should be a, uh, a a long battle. Um, said that before. We said that before. <laughs> and Quebec Gat, no, that's going to be a dandy. Four games later, it was over, and it was a good series. You know, that's not to uh, yeah. uh, that's not to take away from it. At the end of the day, you know, Quebec did what they needed to do. You know, they held that top line, uh, not scoreless, but the next best thing compared to other teams. Their penalty kill was lights out. And they did what they had to do, but at the end of the day, now they have to do it all over again against an even stronger offensive team in the Halifax Mooseheads. The Mooseheads, likewise, uh, you know, whatever whatever the magic formula was against Sherbrooke, they've got a bottle at take it with them into the final as well. Um, any thoughts on what you expect to see here, Jim? Yeah, I I feel like Quebec has a little bit is a little bit better defensively than Halifax. I think just overall, they're a little bit more structured, play a little bit more composed, and a little bit less chaotic at times than the Mooseheads do. But I, I, do, I do think Halifax has a bit of an edge on offense. And they, I feel like they're, they're top-end guys, especially if Dume's healthy. I think that they may have a, a slight edge there. But the wild card is kind of Russo. But which Russo? Uh, Mathis Russo, <laughs> yeah. I think, is if he can play like he played so far in this postseason, I think I would give Halifax maybe an edge in that, uh, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I don't know if I would have predicted that beginning of the playoffs if i known that these two are going to meet uh, but he's been excellent um and you know the thing with halifax is they they haven't had a they haven't had a smooth playoff like they've they've stumbled at times uh, but they've really rebounded so they they faced adversity um, they essentially faced a must-win situation in game three um so they they've really been feeling the playoffs here but quebec on the other hand they've had a pretty smooth run um, even though they, they, that was a tight series versus Gatineau, um, you know, if they've had a smooth run, I'm curious to see what will happen um, with Quebec if they kind of stumble a little bit in this series and if they can rebound. I think they can uh, just because they're a veteran group. They went on a long playoff run last year, um, mm-hmm. and they've got a veteran coach as well. But we'll see. It'll be interesting what will happen if, if Halifax can, can win a game and how, uh, how Quebec rebounds to that. Yeah, actually, uh, talk about uh, Russo versus Russo. Um, I actually interviewed both of them earlier today for an article that will appear on the uh, Quebec League website, um, probably in the early stages of the series. And um, William Russo, uh, the Quebec netminder, very quick to point out that there's there's, uh, very much a redemption factor now starting to creep in. 
Um, it's something that I know Patrick Watt downplayed talking to him before the playoffs. I think now it's become, it's risen to the surface. I think a little bit more learning from those uh, uh, past mistakes and the team was built much like this Mooseheads team um, built for two years. Mooseheads are built for this year and next year. Quebec was built for last year and this year. So this is, you know, their last kick at the can with this core and they're, they're very cognizant of it. And I think that's shown in their play throughout the playoffs, 12 and 0 going in first 12 and 0 team uh, to enter the final sense, Jamie. 2013 Mooseheads, is that, that what I'm hearing? Somebody read the myth. Somebody yeah. read the missive. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty That's good team. The, uh, not bad, not yeah. bad. You know, uh, 58 wins, Memorial Cup title, number one overall pick, number three overall pick in the NHL draft, and McKinnon and Drouin. That was a pretty good team. Well, this Quebec team's no slouch either. Neither is this edition of the Mooseheads. Be interesting to see how everything uh, unfolds as we get underway on Friday night in Quebec. Friday, Saturday for games one and two. Games three and four move down to Halifax. That'll be Tuesday and Wednesday night next week. If a game five is necessary, it'll be up in Quebec on, I believe it is Thursday night. And Friday um, Sorry, Friday night. And then Sunday afternoon in uh, Halifax for potential game six. You know, I wouldn't want to predict the length of a series now, Jamie, given how most of them have gone this year. But, um, you know, uh, I would be, I would say this much, I'd be disappointed if it was a short. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think we all, I think we all would be, right? Unless you're a, definitely. Unless you're a fan of one of those teams, you probably want them to win as quick as possible. But I think from an entertainment perspective, you want it to go long, right? Exactly. And those of us who, you know, do a little podcasting on the side, would certainly like to see this series uh, continue as long as possible. So uh, interesting to see what will take place. One thing we do know will take place, and we'll touch on this very briefly, is an announcement that was made by the CHL earlier today, actually, regarding the 2023 Memorial Cup in Kamloops. They are scrapping after a whole one year, in effect, the scoring system for the uh, Memorial Cup round robin games last year in St. John, three win- three points were awarded for a regulation win, two for a non-regulation win, uh, nothing for and uh, nothing for a loss. And I believe there was two for an overtime loss, one for a shootout uh, loss, if I'm not mistaken, Jamie. Uh-huh. Yep, something along those lines, um, or something. Like that. I'm sure I just butchered that terribly. Anyway, it's a three-two-one-zero. Um, point series, uh, they're going back to the old school method where it is two or two points or nothing. Doesn't matter if the game ends in overtime, it's continuous overtime. Um, three on three in the round robin, five on five in the tournament. Um, I mean, it's nothing that I feel overly strongly of, just more of a point of information. Um, yourself, Jamie, um, some people love the idea of rewarding regulation wins just so they don't quite gum up the standings. We do see that at the NHL level by times. Um, yeah, any hard thoughts one way or the other? Well, I'd, I'd be okay if like the whole hockey world flipped to this 3-2-1-0 system. Uh, you that, soccer fan, you. Yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> I, I like it a lot more. Uh, it just makes a lot more sense. Um, okay. But at the same time, where nobody in North America pretty much uses it, it was also kind of weird to have it at the Memorial cup. And it was actually a little confusing because I didn't, I it was kind of questioning how the format worked every time, but I'm, I'm used to it because I cover international hockey quite a bit. And like, that's what they use in international hockey. Um, so it's definitely used quite a bit. 
Um, but it's weird to kind of adapt it to a North American tournament when almost yeah. no one in North America uses it. Uh, the three on three overtime though is sick. That St. John Edmonton Love game it. last year yes. was, was one of the best games of the whole tournament. And I actually think I meant to look this up for the show. I'm pretty sure the Canada games gold medal game this year went to double overtime after a full 20 minute three on three. Really? I'm almost Canada positive. Game, the gold medal game. Yep. Which Canada games. Oh, at the Canada games, you're saying. Canada games, yep. Oh, Canada winter games. That's amazing. I've right? never heard of that. On three on three. That is fantastic. That's just pure entertainment. And some very winded players. <laughs> yeah. I don't care how young they are. Yep. Went to double overtime. Thank you, Connor Somerville. Speaking of uh, big time soccer fans, Beck, we're going to quickly move on to our next segment here uh, so Connor can uh, get back to his true love watching uh, his beloved TFC, who he has nothing but high hopes for uh, this coming season. Um, we don't want to keep him away from that. Or, you know, we don't. We, we, we don't want to take away from the amount of time he'll be spending crying in front of his TV or computer. Uh, all about the misery for Connor, for sure. Who does a great job, but still all the misery for him. Next up, the NHL team profile, Buffalo Sabres. And actually, Jamie, we're going to get Connor out of here pretty darn fast because there's not a lot to talk about when it comes to uh, QMJHL prospects uh, within the Sabres system. Uh, there's nobody in the ECHL with the Cincinnati Cyclones. There's nobody in the NHL uh, with Q uh, alumni ties. But uh, up until last week, there were two guys in the Q. One of them is still playing, and the other guy is now on the AHL roster. Yeah, well, Olivier Nadeau, who just left us for the AHL, uh, had, a, had a great Q career. I assume it's probably over. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, Well. Mm-hmm. Uh, 15 points, 13 games this year with Gatineau. Uh, won the President's Cup last year with uh, Schwenningen, of course. Uh, looking forward to see what he can do um, at the pro level. Not sure if we'll get any playoff games with Rochester, but um, good experience for him there anyway. Um, and then the queue, I can't pronounce this, guys. I feel bad that I can't pronounce this. This is why name. I threw it to you. I know you were. I was like, <laughs> I wonder if he's going to attempt it or if he's going to make me attempt it. No, no, that's all right. We'll both fall on the sword okay. in this case. <laughs> is it Vesvalov? Vesvalov. Uh, I believe Vezvalov? it is Vesvalov. Vesvalov Komarov, Komarov uh, the yeah. uh, Rampart defenseman. Uh, overtime winner in uh, these yeah. uh, playoffs uh, so far as well. Yeah. I think he took a pretty bad check there, a cross check or something in the last uh, game against Gatno too. I, I assume he's okay, though. Um, one, of the rare, one of the rare Russians now in the queue – in the CHL as well. Uh, 31st overall pick by Quebec in the 2021 import draft. Uh, 39 points, 62 regular season games. So pretty good numbers as a defenseman. Um, good size, 6'2", 188. Patient with the puck. Um, so I, I think he'll probably, you know, if he comes back next year, I think he'll probably be uh, putting up even more points. Uh, those are pretty good numbers um, as a second pairing defenseman. So uh, uh, probably see more of him next year um, if he makes it back. Yeah, definitely. And on a team, you know, we we, we talked at seen ad nauseum about uh, Gatno's stack defense, um, uh, Sherbrooke's stack defense. But uh, Quebec, you know, no slouch is obviously Evan Noss, who was injured throughout the season. Um, you had a guy like um, Savoie, who, Nicholas Savoie, who's been there for five seasons now, has really come into his own. One of the more underrated defensemen. 
and um, of course getting uh, Jeremy Langlois from Cape Breton during the trade period. Well, Komarov is right in there with that core. And, uh, you know, it, it certainly allows uh, a little bit more uh, bench management options for Patrick Waugh, for sure, which I'm sure playing a big factor as these playoffs roll on, especially deeper into the playoffs. So, uh, yes, uh, looking for big things from him uh, really over the next couple of weeks yeah. in the, uh, in the uh, Gilles Courteau Cup final, but also beyond. If he comes back to Quebec, is he a, is he a trade target? Um, who knows uh, if he does make it back uh, at all, that is. Um, other than that, otherwise, you know, he's more than likely suiting up for the Rochester Americans in a bottom three role and gaining that experience, much like Olivia Nadeau should be gaining uh, next year. So it'd be interesting to see how those two very successful young men uh, uh, continue on in the case of Komarov, how he continues on here in what could be the end of his junior career. Another guy who has uh, been around uh, a little while. Um, he's our 2023 draft prospect of the week. Um, it's not every week that we talk about a guy who's been passed over in a draft. Well, let's talk about a guy who was eligible for the last two drafts and passed over. It's Maxime Peller, right winger and captain of the Victoriaville Tig. And uh, I have a lot of good things to say about this guy, but Jamie, uh, give us a run through to start. 2021 uh, President Cup champion with the Teague, uh, 60 points in 65 games last year, so pretty solid numbers, and up that this year, 86 points, but 40 goals too. Um, mm -hmm. Also, crazy how many 40 goal scores there were this year. I actually looked that up before the show, and I didn't even list them all because there was uh, way, way too many. Um, I was going to ask you how many, but I didn't. There's uh, a lot. It had to have been around. Good thing I didn't ask because you lost count somewhere there. <laughs> oh, 20. Pushing 20. Good yeah. Uh, <laughs> Three points of five playoff games, too. Uh, obviously, a short playoff run from Teague. Uh, but a guy who's consistently put up pretty good numbers. Um, decent size, too. Six foot, 183. Um, and, you know, given his age and production, I think even if even if he doesn't get drafted uh, this summer, I have to think he might get a pro shot to at least start the year next year, um, just given the his situation. Uh, I agree totally. Um you know, the leadership abilities alone will take him a long way. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he's found his touch around the net. He was, uh, I, I got the chance to talk to him uh, just after, after the trade deadline. And I will say this much. Um, one of the best uh, spoken, one of the mo more, um, one of the more eloquent speakers that I've come across in terms of players at the junior level, and that is usually, um, well, that's rare in, in its own right. But I, yeah, and I'll freely admit this: uh, one of the things that always makes me a little bit twitchy is when I have to do stories. I have to interview players uh, in junior hockey because they're just not used to the interview process. You know, mm -hmm. they they're going to give probably a lot of canned answers and, and maybe not show their real personality because I mean what kid 16 to 20 years old wants to show their real personality uh, Maxine Pellerin is none of those very well spoken you can tell right away how he uh, earned the C midway through last season after uh, after uh, Connor Finette was traded away uh, to the Quebec Rampart ironically um, uh, midway through the 21-22 season um, big community leader in Victoriaville so not only has he had the success that he's had this year, Jamie, but the kind of guy that you just root for. 
Yeah. He's the guy that you want to see succeed. And uh, another one of those kids who, whatever he puts his mind to after his junior career is over, whether it's pros, university, what have you, he'll be a success and he'll be well-liked anywhere he goes. And if that's, if that's the most you can say about any player in this league, then you're, you're saying a lot because it's uh, guys that are, that have that total package. They don't come along uh, all that often. So certainly we wish the best for him. And if he's back in the league as a 20 year old, then, you know, look out, look out in Victoriaville. Once again, you know, it was a short run this year. It'll stand to be a longer run next year because of the extra influence that a guy like Max brings to the uh, dressing room. So we are about ready to wrap up here. Uh, I was going to end on that very cheerful, you know, very happy note, whatnot. Um, but I got a little bit of mail here from a uh, C. Somerville. Um, does not say where he's from. Uh, do predictions for the final to end the show. Um, that sounds like a setup. Um I think I think we should record two of these, Jamie. Oh wow, that's a good idea. <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I think we, <laughs> we we should really hedge our bets on this one because I don't know about you, I'm tired of feeling dumb. <laughs> well, I thought I, I'd never get tired of it after forty some years, but you know what? It's starting to wear on me a little bit. Well, like I'm willing to give my prediction because I think the uh, Moosehead, since I predicted almost everything wrong for the Mooseheads this season, I think Moosehead fans will like my prediction. Really? <laughs> Quebec in seven? <laughs> I actually have uh, Quebec in six. <laughs> <laughs> so congrats to the Mooseheads. Uh, congrats to the Mooseheads and the inaugural Jill Corto Trophy yep. champions. Congrats to Excellent. them. Uh, I do think it'll be. I do think it'll be a good series. So I have Quebec. I have. I have Quebec winning the edge, um, just because I. They. They've been the best team. They've been the best team all regular season. They're the best team mm-hmm. all playoffs so far. They've mm-hmm. had very little bumps on the road. Um, they just made a huge statement beating Gatineau in a sweep. Um, I think they should have tons of confidence going to the series against Halifax. Do I think Halifax could win it? Sure, um, but I think Quebec. Uh, like they showed against Gatineau, I think they're just that little bit better. Um, and it's the last dance for a pretty well-known guy behind the bench. And I'm pretty sure they probably want uh, him to, to go out. If this is his last season, I think that's a, just a little bit of motivation um, that they could use to uh, get past in this series. But I think it's going to be a good series. And I think, I do think Halifax is going to push them and I could see Halifax winning the series though still. No, I, I pretty much echo much much of that. Um, I am picking Quebec as well. Um, I'm picking them in seven. I think the Mooseheads will uh, rally, especially I could see it easily being one of those situations where they rally in like game six at home and, uh, and uh, it, it caused the series to go the distance. I wouldn't even rule out just given the way, the, the nature of these two teams, and this is going to guarantee that this will be a sweep one way or the other by me saying this. <laughs> but it just, I wouldn't even be surprised if this is one of, this is for the second time only, a, a, a league final that's, that goes to game seven overtime, even. Uh, wow. That's how Quebec this won't like that. Be. And Quebec, did be Quebec lose in overtime? In Quebec did lose in overtime, yeah. by the way. Yes. <laughs> yes. 2015, uh, Tommy Jolie for the, uh, Tommy Jolie. Um, 
I don't think I get that right, but I know it was uh, they Rimouski. did lose to the Rimouski Oceanic. But they also hosted the Memorial Cup, the Ramparts did, so they made it anyway. So, um, Michelle Jolie, by the way, the uh, double double overtime winner in Game 7 of that series. <coughs> Excuse me. So, um, no, uh, my reasons for Quebec, I just think a little bit deeper, a little bit stronger. Um, I think I think they... Um, are they're not as strong in net, but it's not a huge gap. Um, like you could question the gap between Adam and Mathis Russo. Um, I don't think you can question too much the gap between Mathis and William Russo. Mm-hmm. Um, I like their depth on defense. Uh, we still don't know the status of Jordan Dume. We still don't know the status of Cam Wynott, which um, will certainly try the depth of the Mooseheads as deep as the Mooseheads are offensively. Like you mentioned, Josh Lawrence is taking like, you know, two out of every three face-offs basically right now. Um, if that continues, that's, that's, that, that could be um, a, a red flag for sure. Defensively, you know, I understand, you know, guys have stepped up for the Mooseheads uh, due to, in case of injury, David Morovich and the Sherbrooke series being a prime example, but you can only go to the well so many times. Um, everybody's banged up. I get it, but everybody in the Quebec lineup is still in the lineup. Uh, they've had longer time to rest and recuperate a little bit more. Um, and of course there's home ice advantage and, you know, I could enlisting all of these factors in it. You make, you know, almost sounds like I should be predicting Quebec to win in a shorter series, but I'm, I'm done totally counting out the health experts. Um, Did that last round, didn't work. Um, Not going down that road to the same extent this time. I agree with you, Jamie. They could easily win this series. Uh, It really is anybody's series, I think, to a large degree. Um, I think Patrick Waugh might be the biggest X factor behind the bench. If he decides to make his presence felt and you can... I hope he does that any way you wish. <laughs> oh, so do I. I mean, as a fan of as a fan of entertainment and chaos and uh, the psychologically psychological advantage uh, that uh, that he can provide, um, yeah, for sure. I, I think he could be the biggest determining factor of them all. Yeah, and we were reminded of it the last series because he tried to go to Louis Robitaille a little bit in the media. Louis wasn't taking it, but he still got swept. Um, you know, if if I'm Sylvain Favreau, you know, I'm you know, not paying too much attention to the newspapers, that's for sure, or online. Uh, so all boils down to Quebec in seven. Jamie, you're saying Quebec in six. So we will again uh, congratulate in advance the uh, 2023 Jill Corto Trophy winning Halifax Mooseheads. <laughs> we'll win the sweep, possibly in three games, and uh, led by their... Um, uh, led by their uh, uh, playoff MVP, who we thought would be Mathis Russo, but it'll turn out to be like, uh, I, I don't know, Owen Phillips, who will score 12 points and be a powerhouse on defense. So Makes sense. Oh, makes Can't sense. argue. Nope. Perfect. All right. We will be back midway through this final series. Be some point next week. Um, uh, we will... Figure out exactly when that's going to be because game four is on a Tuesday. 
I will be at that game. It's a game three, I should say. We'll be on Tuesday. Game four on Wednesday. I'm at both of those games, so we'll figure it out. It might be a we might record on a Wednesday. We might record on a Thursday. We're going to talk about it as soon as we as soon as uh, Connor uh, hits the end record button. But in any event, we will be back next week, and we will be discussing the final leg of this 2023 QMJHL postseason. For Jamie Tozer, I'm Will McLaren. Thank you once again for watching THN on the Q. Brought to you by BetMGM. We'll see you next week.